My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. You always learn. Even when you finish your trade, you continue to learn. Same with property. You can know about property, but then there's learning how to make money from property which is another trade again and you continue to learn even past you know i'll be 40 50 and still learning property this is property investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories mindset and strategies I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Josh Rockingham, an electrician with a bright future ahead of him. We find out just how many means his property portfolio is valued at, at after just three years, how his business comes in handy in the least expected ways and the approach he takes that puts his broker to the test. Rockingham's broker, Kimberly Linda, joins us to elaborate on his purchase at Red Bank near Newcastle. Really, Red Bank is um, it's it's a it's a brand brand new estate, a very very young estate. You were in at eight sixty. We have um, well, we actually have a property very similar on the market at the moment, which we our um, customer just turned down an offer of one point one, and they're holding out for that one point one seven. So. Josh has gained close to $300,000 equity in that property, mm. which was purchased in... 2019. 2019. That's again, another house in Granny Flat, a beautiful yeah. Hampton style house. What rent are you getting on that, Josh? 1080 a week. Yeah, 1080 per yeah. week. Yeah. That's amazing. So it, it is pretty much positive cash flow then. Josh is very good with paying P&I repayments. I hope you don't mind me yeah. saying that, Josh. So, um, and so it'd be really good to end when we do just in a strategy of where he wants to be in that sort of the final stages. But him paying principal and interest, this is how great this investment was. Positively geared, paying principal and interest, a depreciation of about $18,000 a year plus it's also creating a passive income. So somebody is actually paying that property off for him as well as providing um, a passive income. Hmm. Plus, you also got uh, equity uplift as well too, which you can use to pull out and reinvest into other properties. Exactly, which is what we've done, I think, to get the next one in, which is a similar setup, dual key as well, um, just a different area again, which was um, up in Newcastle. But yeah, Red Bank has been probably the standout of all of the ones even still that I've got to date. Um, 
hence why I said I wish I kept the other block that I got. <laughs> so if there's any regret in any investment is not investing. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, not to buy more. That was probably the only mistake that I've made. Um, hasn't really been a dodgy investment yet. His impulsivity can get the best of him. But Linda is always there to save the day. The stress of getting things over the line because I'm very impulsive. In terms of if I see something, it's a good it's a good opportunity. We go for it, um, and then we worry about getting the loan after that. <laughs> That's probably the main thing: the impulsiveness and the stress of getting that sorted. I, I, in terms of um, you know, actually investing itself, it's actually very enjoyable. There's not really any downside to it. Um, just, yeah, the stress of just gathering the funds, which we end up getting, it's just a matter of leaving it to the last minute sometimes or the day of. I need an approval in three days, Kimberly. You good for that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, we like living on the edge. Like why get it organized six weeks before when you can do it six hours before? We you always know, do right? it yeah. though. We always do it, Josh. It always, but the thing is, we always get it over the line, and that's the main part, really. While getting finance approval isn't an easy process, he has had an additional hurdle to overcome. It's probably the fact that I do run my own business. They, you obviously got to provide a lot more information not just of yourself but of, of what your business um is doing as well um so there's a lot of different people that you've got to wait to get information from i.e accountants i.e ato um yourself and they're and trying to consolidate all that very quickly because as i said if i see and for some reason every time i see something it usually tends to be around the end of financial year so then I've got to wait for my accountant to organise himself and you know what they're like it can take a long time. So, Josh gives them free electrical work so that they can get their tax return his tax return yeah. done faster that's what you did last year remember? I love it that's a win-win. Because I didn't do any work for him so this year I don't have mine yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but last year it worked out it worked out well but that is it's not too much. A lot of the stress actually gets lifted off my shoulders, to be honest. It's usually Kimberly <laughs> that deals with the stress. Um, there is a few things, obviously, that I need to do, but having someone that you can rely on and trust as a broker um, definitely, definitely helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Kim, Kimberly, I'd like to probably hear from your perspective. Like, okay, say, you know, Josh comes in and says, Kim, can you please get me a loan, you know, for this property? I need to sell it in the next two or three days. What what happens then? Like, I'm assuming your stress levels just jump really high, but, you know, how do you actually go about something like that as a challenge? I don't mind a bit of pressure. I think I work best under pressure. So, a lot of the times, well, let's say a lot of the properties where he's had some of these issues, these are, these are properties, that I guess, that Linda Group have produced for Josh as well. So, um, in a booming market, some of the opportunities um, people want to exchange under 66W and under, um, you know, terms that are not really 
happening in a normal in a normal property market. So it's sometimes the right assess it, give him the confirmation that it is going to work, the confidence that we are going to be get it out of over the line, and then just you know work work to make mm. that happen. So in some of the things that Josh has spoken about, we might have needed like updated financials to show a consistency, particularly in times like COVID, banks are asking a, a lot more. Um, so, you know, he's he will have to get everything together, get it to, this is just like crossover of financial years, but um, some of the, the challenges Josh has faced, um, because I know that he spoke about his first loans with CBA, we continued down that path where um, the next couple of loans went to CBA as well. So whereas they couldn't get him any more money, I did a little bit of a restructure, um, presented things a little bit different from a financial situation, um, which meant we could get it, get them over the line. But then we had difficulties with CBA because their policies changed so much through, through COVID. So we had to make a quick swap to work out work with other banks' policies to then get the next um, the next loan over the line. So really it's just, I guess, me having to know my job and Josh trusting that everything works from a capacity point of view. Um, yeah, we may be down to the 11th hour, but we know that we're going to be able to, to get it over the mm. line. So and we do. a lot of trust, we always do. Yeah, mm. yeah. I get, yeah. It's funny, it is, it is a lot of trust and I may end up building a friendship with your broker more than yeah. more than just the just the you know you get my loan and see you later. It's a it's a journey. It always ends up being a journey. Every loan, every house is a journey. Yeah, I can say I would have had the right idea without anyone else. But in saying that, a lot of the stuff that I've done would definitely not have been possible without you know Kimberly and also Linda Group finding properties. But also, I don't have the time to research. You know, you need let people do what they're good at doing while you do what you're good at doing and i'm good at doing electrical and i don't have time to sit there and um you know research areas and properties and growth and you know what new university is going in or school or tram lines road lines train lines you know there's a lot to it um which i do actually learn a bit of now but not at all at the start. So it's definitely a guidance and learning curve for me. As, as I say to a lot of my friends who ask me about it, um, it's like learning another trade. You know, you, you you can touch on electrical for a little bit, and but you need to, you know, do your whole trade to actually grasp it, which is, and more, you always learn. Even when you finish your trade, you continue to learn. Same with property. You can know about property, but then there's learning how to make money from property, which is another trade again. And you continue to learn even past, you know, I'll be 40, 50 and still learning property. <laughs> Rockingham's aha moment came along very recently once he had time to sit and assess his achievements. Because you get caught up with it a lot. You know, you, 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 you get one, then you work and you get another one and you're just compiling it all together. You never really sit down and appreciate actually how successful it's been until someone points it out to you, i.e. Um, being Kimberly and said, oh, hey, you realise you've actually had an uplift of around 1.7 million. I nearly f fell off my chair at home, to be honest with you, because I didn't actually realise. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, okay, let's keep going, righty-ra, and 
before you know it, I was like, geez, yeah, it's a fair bit. And then I realized the potential even more so. Um, so that was probably the biggest aha moment going, oh, I've achieved this in four years, whereas you'd probably never be able to get that working and earning money. You know, like even in electrical, there's no no way that you'd gain that. Um, yeah, no, that's probably the biggest moment for me. Coming up after the break, Rockingham goes on a journey of self-discovery. I need to know about money to run the business as well. Um, but sort of, you know, not just being open to being a sponge. I guess I'm a sponge. That's what I'd call myself. The number one goal he has regarding his future plans, which appears to be closer than he thought. Personally, it'd be growing the portfolio is what's exciting to me, new opportunities. We delve into the surprising realization he recently came to and how it came about. So just the area and the growth in that area and what actually the area has got to offer and realizing that Sydney is not the be all and end all to, to where you've got to live. And that's up next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand, but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. With Rockingham's $1.7 million in uplift, Linda crunches the numbers to work out his bank valuation. In the meantime, he ponders the COVID era market. I guess knowing when to buy as well, when, where and in, and in what part of the cycle to buy. Obviously, as you'd know right now, the market is crazy. It's continuing to go up. Wow, 6865000 bank valuation. <laughs> that is amazing. Congrats. Having the advice as well as knowing yourself when and where like to buy, you know, personally, I don't know if you'd edit this out or not, but I wouldn't buy right now at the moment because it's a bit inflated. That's my personal uh, opinion, um, especially around the Western Sydney, Sydney area. Um, it's just going bananas. I, I'd let it sort of correct itself which I think it will do eventually once interest rates go up um, because a lot of people will probably find themselves not being able to afford their mortgage that they've somehow managed to get with the low interest rate at the moment. It's got, it does, it does cycles. It does cycle. And I think knowing, no, and not just knowing where to buy, also knowing how things work, how banks work, how 
um, the Royal Commission works, how all these things work, if you don't sort of do your background checks on those sort of things and getting an understanding of the way the world works, really, you don't, you can't really predict how things are going to happen. I'm not saying that I have any idea what's happening in the future. I'm not, don't know how to predict the future, but you sort of get a good idea of how things are going up, when things are going to sort of plateau, 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 plateau. plateau. Yeah. When they're going to sort of come down a little bit, then you sort of jump in then, or you, you know, I guess it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be so much luck. As I was saying to Kimberly earlier, you sort of create your own luck. I'd say there's no such thing as getting lucky. Um, you've got to be in the right place at the right time to get luck. So it's really something that you've created yourself. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that knowing the way everything works, markets work, how interest rates work, how banks work, how money works, how you can make money or where you can't make money, I think just having a general idea in those things is, is a great help. So running a business actually benefits me in terms of knowing about money, obviously, because I need to know about money to run the business as well. Um, but sort of, you know, not just being open to being a sponge. I guess I'm a sponge. That's what I'd call myself, a sponge. You can never know too much and never think you know everything because you definitely don't. You know, always learning off everyone else is what I do. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't make a difference to me if I had 100 million in property, I'd still listen to people, still learn, still take advice and still do exactly probably what I'm doing now and that's probably exactly what I'll continue doing. He does much of his research on his own but it definitely hasn't always been that way. But to get to there to start with, the main mentor was definitely Kimberly in this because the first two was sort of, you know, you need a house to live in. That wasn't really, I didn't really need any advice to know that I need to live in a house to live in, you know. Um, and the first one was more of a touch of advice from who I worked for and just going with the flow. But from there on, it was definitely the only main mentor would be Kimberly and, and Jason. I can't really put it to anyone else because it's pretty much the only people I take my advice from. And obviously my own knowledge now that I've learned on the way. Um, yeah, don't really read any books. Uh, as I said, so I could read. Yeah, that's who I put it to. To be honest, there's no other way around it. Although ten years ago he was only seventeen, there's still things he would change if he could, but not everything. So I started at twenty-one. I would say start at eighteen. Why not? Instead of going on those two years of partying, where you probably blew X amount of dollars, you could have invested in something else. <laughs> but at the same time, you need a party as well. You can't just sit at home, save every penny and invest and never have any fun because at the end of the day, what's the point? You need to have a bit of both, you know? So I'd probably say just actually I'd say you've done, do what you're doing. Maybe start a touch earlier, a couple of years. Could have helped a bit more, but... Looking forward, uh, say maybe in the next five years, what, what are you most excited in your property journey? Personally, it'd be growing the portfolio is what's exciting to me. New opportunities um, is definitely what it would be. So for me, I want to get um, my principal home down to zero. That's my goal. I don't want to have a mortgage that I have to pay for my principal home. Um, that way I can concentrate on paying off my investments. Um, 
but yeah, definitely expanding the portfolio. I did say to Kimberly when I first met Kimberly, I said, I want to have 30 houses by the time I'm 30. But that only leaves me with uh, three years to get 19, which I don't, I, didn't, I never say never, but yeah, maybe 20 by 30 is more realistic. <laughs> Sometimes I set unrealistic goals and just go with it, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything's achievable, especially what you've achieved in such a short period of time. So, you know, as you said, you know, if you set that goal, let's go for it, you know. It's better to, to give it a crack, I'd say. But yeah, definitely grow on the portfolio. That's my main priority to set myself up for when I'm older, set my kids up um, and be able to have a comfortable retirement is the is the goal. <laughs> you're definitely well well on your path for that and your kids are going to be very, very much uh, very happy to hear as well and they'll learn a lot from this as well. So, you know, in 10, 20 years time when they hear this podcast, hopefully they'll look back and go, Dad, thanks very much. Yeah, I hope so. You never know. They might, you know, I'll definitely be training them into property and electrical as soon as they understand it. Out of the 11 properties he's purchased, one in the Newcastle suburb of Thornton stands out as being the most interesting. Interesting in the fact that um, when we built them, I actually um, got to do, do electrical for my own properties as well. Um, we organized with the builder because I like to do that. Um, so just the area and the growth in that area and what actually the area has got to offer and realizing that Sydney is not the be all and end all to, to where you've got to live. That's probably the exciting part, realizing that, you know, like I live in Sydney, obviously, um, but yeah, around Sydney is growing majorly, you know, um, two, three hours, four hours away from Sydney, up the coast or down the coast, it's, it's just expanding. It's actually becoming nicer than Sydney to live in. There's much more, less traffic and bigger roads and everything's just growing big, you know, hospitals, universities, all you name it. That's probably uh, a, a good, that was something that I really got interested in and that's something that a big sign for me, just realizing that, um, how good different areas are becoming. Mm. Why do you think that's the case? Probably price, I'd say, the, pro- the cost of living in Sydney, um, people, yeah, COVID was probably one big thing as well. Um, you know, obviously the risk of living in Sydney during COVID time was obviously worse than if you were to live somewhere else. A lot of people working from home now, realizing they don't need to drive into the city to actually go to work and work in office. They can actually have a beach house five hours up the coast looking to get a nice view and actually getting the same amount of work done, if not more, while they're sitting there. <laughs> so a lot of people I've, you know, I've even noticed myself, friends or work colleagues and whatnot have actually moved out rural or up the coast, down the coast, getting out, it's cheaper. A lot of different things, a lot of doors have opened up since COVID, whether it be, you know, probably a lot of more worse, uh, bad that outweighs the good in uh, regards to COVID. But if you take something out of it, it's the fact that you don't really need to rely on staying around a central hub, i.e. Sydney, to navigate your way through your career. You've talked a little bit about luck and you mentioned earlier as well to you know uh, Kimberly that it's it's not, not all luck for you but um, you have sort of touched on it. But I, I will ask you this question is about your success is how much of your whole success has been due to your skill, intelligence and hard work? 
and how much of it is because of luck? I'd say 95% of it was skill. Actually, I wouldn't say so much skill, more so hard work. Um, hard work and drive, and I've got like, I'm a workaholic, and so major OCD probably contributes to it as well. But creating, like, I believe working hard, you create your own luck. You create your own opportunities. It's not like it just gets given to you and you, you know, luck falls out of the sky. I don't believe in that, to be honest with you. It's more so creating your own luck through the steps that you decide to take in your own life. That's what I believe in, which I think is, so I'd say more of it is down to hard work um, and then learning skills on the way. I wouldn't say that was the start of it because um, I didn't so, so much have those skills when I first ever started. Um, but I always had drive, always had um, a passion to work hard and never had any fear in creating opportunities or going for something, you know. Um, that was probably the main thing for me. To touch on that with, with Josh, you know, in every aspect of his journey, he has had to be resourceful. So I would say that's probably your number one, um, you know, greatest quality because you know, he had to find the answers in every single step with every single property. Nothing with his journey has been easy, Not nothing. No. Um, except funnily enough, this last loan we've just done, that's been the easiest one. But, you know, so he's been resourceful from having to find out how he can get in without a deposit, you know, great parents that have helped him. And then he's had issues with lending because of, his, because of him being self-employed where he's been resourceful, allowed, been able to get that over the line. Then he's hit the wall again. He's had to find somebody else that can help, where obviously that's where we come in. But then he's hit the ceiling with lending on several occasions where then he's had to not only be resourceful, but he's had to know that he needs to be flexible in terms of what we can and what we can't do in order to get the next property over the line. So... Mm resourcefulness and um, having a willingness, like being willing to learn as well as work with, I guess, the strategies that, that are available to you, um, which you've always been so yeah. open to all of that, haven't you? Yeah, never say never attitude, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Always find a way. And, yeah. yeah. Resourcefulness yeah. is probably a good, a good word to describe it because it has been, you know, hiccups all the time with lending. Lots of hiccups. Especially when you own your own business for some reason. They make it much harder for you. His business mindset has helped him in his property journey as he's used to being proactive and taking initiative. Yeah, it definitely is like a, a mindset. A big, a big thing to do with all of it is mindset really. Um, I guess it, it all comes from within drive, um, willing to succeed and not settling for mediocre or however you want to see it. You know, different people are wired differently. But at the end of the day, if you want to succeed and do something, it's the opportunity is definitely there to do it. You just got to go out and get it. Might not be easy. Might take people longer. Might take someone six months as opposed to someone three years. Who knows? But the possibility is you can definitely do it if you want to put in the work to do it is the way I see it.
Thank you to Josh Rockingham, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.